Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Sold. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of the show on this Friday morning, Football Friday, heading into a big week 14 around the NFL. We got started last night, Vikings-Steelers. They're showing the highlights last night. So if they're showing highlights, they must be from the fourth quarter of that game because there weren't many in the first three quarters. Uh, Wolf, the talk has picked back up now that Kyler Murray has played a game of Kyler Murray being in the MVP race. And some guys really kind of dropped off in the time that he missed. Matthew Stafford, I think, dropped out of the MVP mm-hmm. race. I think Lamar Jackson, to a certain extent, did. And even Josh Allen. I mean, doesn't make these guys bad quarterbacks, but if you're talking about most valuable player for the whole league, I really, right now, feel like it's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or <laughs> Kyler Murray. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird, too, because when you talk about coach of the year as well, you're talking about Bill Belichick and Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> Think yeah. about it. Juxtapose those two right there once again. <laughs> Go back to 2019 when Cliff Kingsbury got hired for this job. Juxtapose those two names right there. It truly is a special year for the Arizona Cardinals. There's no denying that. This is... This is a unbelievable season that this organization is having right now for a lot of different reasons. But some of it, it's the storylines. And that is a big storyline right there. Bill Belichick and Cliff Kingsbury. And then Kyler Murray in the running for an MVP with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Can you imagine if if Brady and Belichick were still together in New England? it would seem like we were on a crash course of oh, Cardinals-Patriots yeah. yes. and the Cardinals being the next generation and the Patriots being the Patriots. Yes. Now it's spread out because it's like, okay, it's Kyler versus Brady of the Buccaneers and it's Cliff against Bill Belichick, obviously, of the Patriots. Belichick right now is the odds-on favorite over Cliff Kingsbury. Matt LaFleur is the other name that, that should definitely be up there uh, from Green Bay. Cliff was asked about it yesterday. I mean, they should just name the award Bill Belichick and when he retires, like, bring that back. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it's like until he retires, I don't think anybody else should get that award, honestly. He should be that every single year that he's coaching. Um, he's a little biased, is he not? Not, not totally wrong. I mean, Belichick's been the best coach, but I don't know about this year. I really think you could make a, I could make a more compelling case for Cliff this year, given the division that they're in. I mean, I guess the Patriots are going up against the Bills. I'm not going to sit here and make a case against Bill Belichick because that never goes well for anybody. Yeah. But it's, it's a pretty good company to be in if you're Cliff Kingsbury to be mentioned with Bill Belichick for Coach of the Year when you're in your third year in the NFL and you're on the hot seat to start the year. And the, the seat was hotter for you than any of the other 32 coaches. You know what's so interesting about this, Basinonians, is you know what a coaching tree. Have you ever heard of a coaching tree? Of course we have. Everybody has a coaching tree in the National Football League for the most part if you become a head coach. Either you were in somebody's tree and that's one of the reasons why you ascended or you've already got a tree and people want to take that tree and plant it in their organizational front yard, if you know what I mean. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, it's interesting. Yes, he played for Bill Belichick, but would you say that he is from the Belichick coaching tree? I wouldn't say he's from the coaching tree, no. but 
he has been influenced by Bill Belichick. He has. That's and that's the clear cool even just talking it. to him. Yes. Yeah. It's the cool thing about it. And and I know this because I've had many personal, con- well, not many, I've had personal conversations with Cliff that we talked about our shared experience with Bill Belichick. He played for him. I played for him. And one of the things I know is that Cliff really respects so many different areas of Bill Belichick, but in particular, I would say his attention to detail. Yeah, Cliff is a big detail guy. Um, I, I don't know if people talk enough about that. He's a big detail guy, just like Bill Belichick was a big detail guy. And I think also, too, Cliff has an expectation. What I love, I... I don't think Cliff tries to motivate anybody. Guess what? Bill Belichick didn't try to motivate anybody. He didn't have to try. He didn't try to. If he tried to, people would laugh right in his face. Especially if he tried to now. People would be like, okay, Bill, what's going on? Like, are there cameras here or something? What's what's up? Exactly. He's just not good at it. Yeah. He's not good at So he doesn't try to motivate you. But he does motivate you based on the fact that you know one thing. If you don't do your job, you're gone. That's motivation. That's uh, a different I, kind of motivation. Just, it's motivation. And though. he doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care. Ask Tom Brady. I was going to say, Tom Brady's on, on Tampa now, so I don't he think Bill cares. He doesn't care who you are. If you don't do your job, Basinonians, you are gone. That's where the motivation came from, from Bill Belichick. Wasn't a hit him high, hit him all, fight, 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 fight. Wasn't any of that. We're going to go out there and you know what we're going to do? We're going <laughs> to say none of that. Absolutely none. Get up there and say, okay, I think we all understand what's on the line here today. Do your job. That was it. No days off. All right, wait a minute. No days off. Uh, he was in a good no mood. days off. He was in no a good. Okay, off. Bill, it's quiet, no coach. Day- I'm saying you never tried to motivate anybody. Stop it. Um, Can you imagine him as a college coach? He was in a good mood. Recruiting. Oh, my goodness. He he could not do it. He he could could not (laughs) do it. He could not and he would not. Just acting, just him walking in and trying to smile would be, (laughs) stop it. He he would try to and he'd be like, "Eh, I'll just go talk to the next one. That's not who you are. Just knock it off right there. Ron Wolfley. Okay, thank you, Bill. We appreciate that. his attention to detail. I think Cliff Kingsbury truly appreciates that and has taken that from him. That in a do your job mentality. Because Cliff, Cliff isn't really into the motivation from what I understand as well. And I think as people get to know him better and better and better, I think he's going to adopt more and more and more of Bill Belichick and who he is. I, I, I can't guarantee that. I just think that he will. Because he must. That's that little something, something that he's got dripping out of the side of his neck this year that we didn't see in year one and year two. That's going to start dripping a little bit more. Well, along those lines, he was asked about this yesterday. Yeah, I mean, obviously different demeanors, um, but he was so um, detailed in, in everything he did, and, and there was no stone unturned in any type of situational football. 
you felt prepared and, and you knew um, you had everything covered going into the game. So I, I want to try and give our players that type of mindset. I mean, I fall very short of what Bill Belichick does in that regard, but we, we try to um, really emphasize situational football and, and things that could possibly come up, make sure we've rehearsed it, been over it, and our guys feel comfortable if that situation arises. See, I think that attention to detail comes partially from, you know, when Cliff got here, he said this the other day, he, he felt like he was maybe on the hot seat after year one. So do every little thing you can, all your due diligence to make sure you put your team in the best position because you don't know how long you're going to be an NFL head coach. Now that's obviously changing this year. I think there's partially that. I think it is partially from having played for Bill Belichick. But honestly, Wolf, I think some of it is just that's Cliff Kingsbury, the person, mm-hmm. as a coach. Yeah. And he doesn't want to leave any stone unturned. And I, I got to think a lot of people, maybe not as many as, as, as I think, but if I were a coach, isn't that the way you would want to be? You don't want the season to end and, and be like, oh, we could have just done this. Why didn't I think of that? See, this is one of the reasons why Steve Kime identified this as a general manager, went out in the offseason, went ahead, brought in a bunch of dogs, a bunch of leaders, brought them into the locker room to do what? To lead. Let, let it be something that the players dictate. It's a wonderful, wonderful marriage, so to speak, between Cliff Kingsbury and his philosophy and going out and bringing in leaders into that locker room. You want culture? Let the players determine that culture. Love it. We come back. The Suns are finally back in action tonight against the Celtics. When is Devin Booker coming back? Have we gotten an update yet? That's the Wolf and Luke Show coming up next on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Fullback and the Thinback. Wolf and Luke Middays. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. Oh. Sun Celtics oh. tonight. Yeah, right over there. I don't want to interrupt. Yeah, can okay. you feel it, Luke? Apparently not to the level you can yet. Who is this? Is POD? Uh, I honestly um, don't know and I really don't care it- at this point in time. <laughs> Right. Is there a point in time where you I, think you I will care more? I to feel it, man. Once again, are you really 59, Ron? Are you really fat and 59? That is the question. O to B, 24. One more time. Everybody's 24 on Friday, aren't O they? to B, 24. One more time. <laughs> uh, game against the Celtics tonight for the Suns at home. 8 o'clock start and then a couple on the road early next week. They start to get back into it next week. Monday in L.A. against the Clippers, Tuesday in Portland against the Blazers. Start to get into the three games and four nights. So hopefully they enjoyed their uh, couple days off, Wolf. And the thing is, those days off probably couldn't have come at a better time for them as a team because Devin Booker's still out. Mm. Still not playing tonight. We're not really hearing much of an update. Uh, but it's you know it's a good thing if days are passing and he's healing without games actually being played. Now the Suns are basically what two and a half and one, three three and one here without Devin Booker so far. So it's not like they are in dire need of the return of Devin Booker for mid December games the way they will be when the playoffs roll around. So you're gonna take your time with them, but at the same time you also don't want to be losing ground. And uh, yeah, be, you know if absolutely you're, if you're playing three games in four nights yep. the way they were without him, you're gonna start to pick up some losses you wouldn't normally pick up. You know. Listen, um, it doesn't sound, by the way, that Devin Booker is coming back anytime soon. Would you agree with that, Luke? Would you? It doesn't sound like they're in a rush. How's why? that? Yeah, why would he be right now? 
I mean, I, I listen, I'm, I'm a former player, and I'm always going to come from that mindset, but I know players play. Players play. That's what you do. As a pro, you play. And if you're healthy enough to play, go out there and play. It's what you do. That's the expectation, and has always got to be the expectation. I know you should treat every player the same as well, but when it comes to when it comes to the players that make your team win, Basinonians, you you can be deliberate. You can be deliberate with them, and everybody in the locker knew, uh, the locker room they know why. They know why you're being deliberate with them because Devin Booker helps you win games. Well, he's your meal ticket to winning an NBA title. He's not your only one. You're not a one-man team. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a shot at the NBA title. But as good as this team is, I don't think they're making it through four rounds of the playoffs without Devin Booker. Now, that's not on the table right now, but it kind of goes back to what you're saying. Look, I hate load management in the NBA. I hate yes. it when it's when it's just like, oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, sure, we're on TNT tonight, but we're going to sit all of our players because our players can only play 58 games every year. That's not what this is. There is a fine line between just periodically resting big chunks of your players, which the Suns really don't do, uh, and the NBA frowns on it from anybody at this point because it was so bad a couple years ago. There's a difference between that yeah. and not rushing your best player back from an injury <sighs> 25 games into the NBA season. Listen, after the extended season that Devin Booker had last year, I want to see D. Book right for the postseason. I think you agree with me on that. If if he needs a little respite after 24 games, so be it. If he needs another blow, so be it. I want him right for the playoffs, Luke. Yeah, well, that's what this whole season's about. And, and you know, you, you will hear from some of the Suns players. You hear from some people around the organization. Yeah, this team wants to win the title. That's the first goal. But they also want to set some franchise records they already have. Uh, and maybe this is the best Suns team that we have seen. There was a story up on Bright Side of the Sun looking at how just the calendar year of 2021, they've already surpassed their all-time win total for a calendar year. Now, that's what happens when you play in the playoffs and you go to the NBA Finals. But it's also what happens when you go 18 straight games without a loss the following regular season. Uh, Chris Paul yesterday talked about the prospect of playing without Devin Booker a little bit longer. From the game, because, I mean, Book still, they, like, during practice today, he was basically over there coaching. Um, he had every game. You know, I think, uh, obviously, we, we lean on Devin for a lot. You know, scoring, playmaking, all that stuff. So he always going to miss him. But the fact that we have a system... And, you know, we just keep playing the right way. It's the first thing he said there, the Booker's still at all the games. No, and we talked We talked about that after the Pistons game last week. You know, they'd beaten Golden State. Booker was hurt. You go out there and play the Pistons two nights later, and it's like, okay, it's Detroit. Their record's terrible. The, the definition of a trap game, not only do they win, but Devin Booker's right there on the bench. He's very... I said this last week. It was it wasn't it was like he was still there even though he couldn't play. I there, do want to add something, guys. So yeah. according to the Suns, per the Suns, DeAndre Ayton is questionable tonight with a non COVID illness. Wow. Mm. Okay. That sucks buttermilk, doesn't it? That's, there's nothing good about that. No. no. Man, I love watching that guy. Well, I love watching him play. Again. Seriously. Once again, I love it. I, I love watching DeAndre Ayton and the maturation. The development of DeAndre Ayton, that, that does dampen it a little bit right there. But once again, getting back to Devin Booker right now, I just there's nothing wrong with an organization being hyper-cautious when bringing back one of its star players. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't care what sport you're talking about right now. I, I know that seed matters. Luke, I know that it does. 
But I don't think it matters as much for this team. I don't. Especially after as what we saw teams. last year. You finish one game out of the best record in the NBA, and you're facing LeBron James in the first round. Yes. So C does matter. You want to have home court, but it is not, to me, it is not nearly the same with the Suns as it is with the Cardinals. This team was the best team on the road last year. Mm-hmm. Best road record in the association last year. They're the best team on the road this year. Their winning percentage is actually better than Golden State. They're 9-2. and two. Golden State is 7-2. So, I, I mean, seed isn't as critical to this team as most. What matters the most is getting their best players right for the postseason and keeping them right. And it, it is. It's a skill you need to have if you're a legit championship contender to be able to do that, to balance that, without just, just having chunks of the season where you're losing six in a row because your guys aren't playing or you can't win without Devin Booker. We already know they can win without Devin Booker. And how crazy is that? Because two and a half years ago, Wolf, the thought of winning a game without Devin Booker, they couldn't even win with Devin Booker. I just What you said right there about championship teams have that luxury to actually go ahead and do that and say, you know what, we're not bringing this guy back until he is 100%. But championship teams, the second half of that is they don't bottom out by doing it. Right. They don't sneak into the playoffs. Correct. I mean, that was partially the Lakers issue last year. Win the title the year before, they almost missed the playoffs. If <laughs> They almost got knocked out in the play-in round, the Lakers did. Once again, Chris Paul has been a Phoenix Sun for just over a year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. They're getting the most out of him, though, right? If if that if my math was right earlier, it is. I double-checked. 126 games in the last 16 months in like a week for the Suns. Now, Chris Paul didn't play in the first eight because the, that was still the bubble. But... If you're going to get a guy at the end of his career, but when he's still got it, Chris Paul's obviously still got it, I guess you maximize it, right? You just play every single day for a calendar year because that feels like that's what they've done. Yeah, just uh, there were some people that are out there, some people that really follow sports based audience that don't think culture really matters. Oh, man, I'll tell you, I don't know how you could look at the Phoenix Suns. And say that with a straight face, that it doesn't matter. I, I don't know how you can look at the Arizona Cardinals, as a matter of fact, and say that it doesn't matter. Culture matters, and to anybody that has been inside a locker room, you know that it does. I can't imagine there's a lot of Phoenix Suns fans that that don't believe culture matters. After And if they did, I think that's changed in the last couple of years because you saw how bad it was even as recently as, what, 2018, 19, 2018, 19 season was miserable to now. It's, I mean, we're talking two and a half, three years, such extreme ends of the spectrum, not just on the winning, but on the culture of the team and, and the stability. And you've got a coach and he's your guy and he might be the best coach in the NBA and he's going to be here indefinitely. And yeah. James Jones is going to be here and Devin Booker. Would, there's no talk of, oh, is Devin Booker going to leave? What it was three years ago was an absolute mess. And they flipped it, and it started with the culture. Well, three years ago, you had coaches that believed we don't coach effort. <laughs> that, you, that you was had part a of their coach culture. Every six months, that was, too. that was part of your that was part of their culture right there. With DeAndre Ayton when he was a rookie, we don't coach effort. Well, that was a belief. And you don't coach DA. Oh my goodness! Not only do they coach effort with DeAndre Ayton, they got they got dudes inside the locker room coming up to him. Saying, what are you doing? <laughs> They're coaching effort in a big time way. 
Have you subscribed to the Wolf and Luke podcast yet? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android, and you'll never miss any of the show. It's the Wolf and Luke podcast brought to you this week by Manscaped.com. Right now, get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com with code AZSports. Coming up, we'll answer four questions we have about the Cardinals-Rams matchup on Monday Night Football. Four Down Territory is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. It's Four Down Territory with Wolf and Luke. It seems like a, a good time to have a little four down territory heading into a Monday night showdown with the LA Rams. No big deal, Wolf. Just the NFC West uh, division title potentially on the line and a, a Cardinals playoff spot definitely on the line. If they win, they're in. Mathematically, they are in. And if they win, they've pretty much won the division, too. So why not go with a little four down territory? You want to start? So we're going with four questions. Is that it? Four, four questions, questions we have. Yes. I see. Um... First down. I was going to give you the cue. Uh, here we go. Gather around the transistor and press the ear. My first question. Who's going to win the game? <laughs> Wait, about is that, that how this is played? It's not a prediction. It is a question. Who do you think is going to win the game? I, I think the Arizona Cardinals are the better team. Now, they have to play better than the Rams on Monday night, but I think they will. Sean McVay is a more accomplished coach, but Cliff and company proved they could be better than Sean on game day, and we'll see if they can do it again. Who's going to be the better team? Who's going to play better? I think the Arizona Cardinals, they have a better quarterback, they have a better defense, and they have a better running game. And because of that, I think they're going to win. All right, my first question for Four Down Territory is, can the Cardinals bring that road and energy back to State Farm Stadium? It has been there at times this year, but it, it, the, the, the difference between how this team looks on the road, partially because they've looked dominant on the road, and how they've looked at home, which is just generally kind of above average so far, can they bring that home because they're going to need to? It's not just uh, aesthetically, oh, we want to win in front of the fans. You're going to be playing your playoff game or games in front of the fans almost certainly. So they got to get that fixed now instead of trying to do it in mid-January. All right, give me second down. Second down. Yeah, wait for the cue. Uh, which quarterback will play better? There's your question. You got Matthew Stafford, 13-year veteran of the National Football League, and there you've got Kyler Murray, three-year veteran of the National Football League. Which quarterback is actually going to play better in this game? I think Kyler Murray plays better. Kyler's got the reputation of being the mighty Kyler Murray in big games. The whispers have lingered in the corners and door jams of many facility buildings about Matthew Stafford and his ability to endure that pressure, the pressure of big games. I think, provided he gets help, the requisite help that he needs, I think Kyler Murray plays better. It's a big game, isn't it, Matthew Stafford? (laughs) Said with such disdain. I think I can answer that question for you. Kyler Murray's going to play better. Uh, My second question is, how much do the Cardinals run in this game? And the reason I bring that up is because their only 100-yard rushing performance by an individual player this season is Chase Edmonds against the Rams back on October 3rd. As a team, they rushed for 216 yards. Wolf, that was really kind of their best rushing performance collectively and individually this season. And I don't think running necessarily, or I don't think a lot of people think running when they look at the Cardinals, but as you have said repeatedly, they got one of the best run rates in the NFL. And if they get Chase Edmonds back, 
they've got their one-two punch back in time for Monday night, too. You had to throw in the repeatedly. Well, it's, it's alliteration. Repeated run rate. All right, give Luke his third down because he's... Third down. I'm starting off third uh, yeah, down? Go, yeah, oh, wow. Why not? Change it in the second half? Yes. Okay. Uh, this one, maybe I'm out on my own on this one. DeAndre Hopkins, two catches the other uh, the other day against the Bears. No cause for concern. He was the leading receiver with two catches, him and James Conner. I get it. The, you know, the weather was nasty and all that stuff. But I just want to see how Hopkins plays in this game because he did miss all that time with the hamstring issue. And you really can't evaluate much from the previous game because he didn't really – he wasn't targeted a whole lot. I mean, he was out there. But I just would like to see your typical DeAndre Hopkins. He looks good to go for the rest of the season. I'd like to see that. That's my question. Are we going to see that? All right. As I get under center right here, base on means give me my third down, if you don't mind. Guys, just hit me with it again. Third down. Oh, Yes. Um, my third down is which player is most likely to shine on offense? There's my third question. Zach Ertz, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's what I said, Zach Ertz. Listen, DeAndre Hopkins, to your point, Luke, D-Hop is going to get all kinds of attention. There's no denying that. He's going to make a few critical plays, but the Rams are going to be all over DeAndre Hopkins. James Conner could be more of a play-action distraction than a human missile, the human missile that he's been all year. I think Zach Ertz in play action is going to be huge in this game. Much of that is based on the fact the Rams are loading up for a bear called James Conner. That's right, they're loading up. And yet Zach Ertz is the guy they ought to be loading up for. He's going to work the middle of the field. I think Zach Ertz is going to have a huge game. Fourth down. All right, fourth down for me. We're going to know in the first quarter the answer to this question. How are the Cardinals going to start? Their best games this season, they have started great in almost all of them, Wolf. The one game they didn't necessarily start great that they won was actually against the Rams back on October 3rd. Uh, I threw the stat out earlier in the week, but I'll throw it out again. They've outscored the opposition 66-10 to 10 on the first quarter in, uh, in the first quarter on the road. The only 10 points they gave, gave up was actually to the Rams. They were down seven, or 10 to 7 at, that, uh, at the end of the first quarter in that game. Starting fast is going to be big on Monday night because the Rams are going to be such a desperate team, and that is the best way to show that you're matching that desperation. Okay, as I smear on the eye black, give me fourth down right here, Rick. Fourth down. My fourth question in my fourth down is which player is most likely to shine on defense, not offense. Zach Ertz was the player most likely to shine on offense, but defense, it's got to be Chandler Jones. Yeah, Chan. The Rams have an excellent line. They do a good job of protecting Stafford, but Chandler Jones has picked it up lately. Have you noticed? Two and a half sacks in his last two games. And he knows the world's going to be watching on Monday night. The professor, of course, has a PhD in back waxing. And I think Stafford could have a hairless back by the end of the game. Just a little guess from your <laughs> Uncle Ron. There's the Chandler Jones. Here we go. And that's my fourth down. That's a scouting report you don't often get going into a game that the opposing quarterback may have a hairless back by the end of the game. (laughs) 
it's not that's not a scouting report you will get anywhere else. Um, as you were talking too about the the impact Zach Ertz could have on this one, I was looking at the Cardinals' leading receiver by game this season. Yeah, if you want to talk about the balance, this is just leading receiver for each game in yards. Okay, Hopkins and Green have each done it three times. Ertz has done it twice. He hasn't even been here all season. Uh, Christian Kirk's done it twice. Rondale Moore and now James Conner. Wow. Six different players in the first 12 weeks have led the team in receiving. You know, Paul Calvisi, actually, that's a great that's a great stat, Luke. I didn't mean to just blow over that. Well, right maybe there. this okay. Paul Calvisi statement is <laughs> even just, more important. I'm just saying, Paul Calvisi said, you know what's amazing? He, he told me the stat. I could not believe it. Um, Kyler Murray attempted 15 passes in Chicago. Yeah. He completed them to, what, 11 times? 11 yes, receptions. 11 15. To eight different players. That actually is maybe a better stat. Think about that. That's, that's yeah. Oh my, what? Eight different players. Eight different players, and you only complete 11 passes. I'm stunned by that. That's, yeah, the percentage. That's pretty good. That's Unbelievable. a pretty good uh, uh, effort to get some balance and out yet, of your passing we've game. seen that, right? We've talked about it all year long, the way he's been distributing the ball. Incredible. I, what's We'll get more into this later, but... What's more impressive, the fact that your quarterback is able to distribute the ball that well or the fact that you have these weapons or the fact that these weapons are cool with the distribution being as even as it's been all season? I'll I'll tell you what the coolest thing is about Kyler Murray. When we talk about Kyler Murray next, I will tell you what the coolest stat I've ever heard about Kyler Murray, and it's devastating to anyone else who'd like to actually win the MVP. Attention Cardinals fans, today is your last chance to win tickets to Monday Night Football, so just text RED to 620-620 and listen for your name at 1230 and 430. You'll have a chance to win two tickets, see the Cardinals take on the Rams, wrap up a playoff spot if they win, and maybe even wrap up the division. That's RED to 620-620. Coming up, we're going to go around the NFL. We're going to get a guarantee from an NFL coach. How often does that happen? It's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Let's go! Presented by 72 Sold, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Right, this is good going around the NFL music. We're going to do that. We're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys, Wolf, who um, they're a tough team to get a read on because that division has kind of just been so mediocre for so long. So it's like, is Dallas the best team in the NFC? Well, yeah. But are they like a, an actual contender to take out a team like the Buccaneers or the Cardinals or the Packers or even the Rams? It's, they looked better earlier this season. They've got Trayvon Diggs, who gets an interception every game. But they're also now only two games up on the Washington football team, which is who they play this week. And Mike McCarthy said, uh, basically, yeah, well, it's fine. We're going to win this game. we got to do whatever we got to do to win the game. Um, but these guys are very accountable. The work ethic of our football team, the whole space is very high. Uh, they're very accountable. Uh, we know what people think of us. We love that. Uh, we're comfortable who we are, where we are. Uh, but I'm excited about what's in front of us because, you know, we, we – you know, we're, we're going to win this game. Um, I'm confident in that. Okay, you know, it's, is that he didn't say we're going to win that. You know, we're going to win this game. Period. Write it down. <laughs> what are you going to say about it? Um, yeah, you know, we're going to win this game. I, I'm confident about that. It's it, not quite Joe Namath. 
No, it is not right there. But yet at the same time, I I am a little surprised. I am a little surprised because Mike McCarthy, um, he he's an old cut of cloth for the most part. It's not like he's coming up through the ranks now. Mike McCarthy's been around for a long, long time. He's been a very successful coach for a long, long time. And you just don't give anybody any type of bulletin board material. He comes from that era. He he comes from that where he understands why you don't give anybody that kind of bulletin board material. Now, I realize, Basinonians, that many teams don't have bulletin boards anymore. They did when I came in in 1985. They did. They got the whiteboard. Now they send it out, I'm sure, in a tweet or something like that or some email. Uh, I don't know. TikTok. (laughs) You on there yet? No, I'm not. Are okay. you kidding? Are you on TikTok? I, I mean, I'm, oh no, I'm not like on no. TikTok. But I mean, I'm just Look, saying. What are you doing? I wouldn't say I'm on TikTok. I mean, throw the shoulders back and square the jaw. You're probably on Instagram as well, oh, right? Everybody's on Instagram. <laughs> I'm not going to be ashamed Look at of you. that. Oh my God, are you on Snapchat? I have an account. Oh. I mean, come on, TikTok gets a bad rap. Well, that's why very good. And you know what, Wolf? I think you might actually like it. There's a lot of good football analysis videos. Yeah, you would hate it. Don't worry. You would absolutely hate it. Thank you. I I do not think he would. I don't know. If you'd like to see 12 year olds analyze the Jets' play calling, which is, you know, in in a certain extent, maybe what you need. Okay, listen. Say something, anything than what you just said right there. Say anything else. (laughs) Driving the point home. What What are you talking? What are we talking about here? The Dallas Cowboys. Boys and the fact that he's guaranteeing a win against Washington. Kind of. I wouldn't say he was um, like. I, I'm not going to go into the the corner of defending Mike McCarthy. I think Mike that's McCarthy. a stretch right there. I think we'd all agree that's a stretch. Uh, he was not guaranteeing a win, but he did say we're going to beat him. Now, why would you do that, Mike McCarthy? He did say it. And that means that, yeah, probably Ron Rivera's like, hey, by the way, did you hear what the opposing coach just said about this game coming up? And oh, oh I guarantee you, Ron Rivera's going to do that. Right. He comes from my era. See, okay? And, and Washington's won a couple in a row here. Hammering Ron Rivera and sometimes losing <laughs> in a big time <laughs> way, I might add. Uh, under the radar, Washington has won four games in a row. So just the, under the radar. It, come on. Yeah, I'm sure everybody driving around is like, oh, yeah, of course. I've been watching Washington Heineke. for the last month. I think he almost took uh, Tom Brady out in the first round of the playoffs. Last year. Yeah, you know, honestly, um, he, he did. Uh, Washington, of course, they've got that defense. They're scrappy. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't think it was that big a deal until we started talking about it. Right now I'm like, okay, Mike McCarthy, really? <laughs> Are you sure? Because Rod Rivera, to your point, he's going to use that, Luke. He's going to use that in a big time way. Did you hear what McCarthy said? He's probably not going to play it the full cut, if you know what I mean. Yeah, just play that part. I'm sure he's probably not even going to play the cut, but even better, just read it because it'll sound a lot worse. Yeah, it will. Reading it. If you just read right? that, we're going to beat Washington. We're going to beat Washington, and you're going to like it. <laughs> Maybe throw something in there um, for emphasis. Yeah, you never know, because there are guys, Basinonians, you should always be internally motivated. Never, ever be externally motivated. Because once that external motivation is gone, you're not going to be the same guy. You're not going to be the same player. Listen to me. Heed my words and hear them well, my young crunk brothers. You're not going to be the same.
If you're externally motivated all the time, you're not. Be internally motivated. But it doesn't mean you can't use external motivation. It doesn't mean that. Be internally motivated at all times. But I'll guarantee you there are guys inside that locker room. There are guys inside of the Dallas Cowboys locker room that need to be externally motivated. There are guys in that Washington locker room that need to be externally motivated, and that's probably why I would use it if I were Ron Rivera. Well, there's also guys in that Dallas Cowboys locker room that now have to answer questions about their coach guaranteeing a victory over Washington, like Dak Prescott yesterday. No, it doesn't put us in a bad spot. I mean, obviously, if you're uh, preparing for this game, you're a Dallas Cowboy, if you're a fan, and you expect to... You expect to go in and win each and every game. So I don't think he's said anything different than everyone in this building's thoughts. Um, he just voiced it. So now we've got to make sure that um, we're accountable of our words. And I think that's all that is, is a coach setting the tone for the week. Set the tone. Whether he was trying to or not, the tone has been set for that game. Now, I want to flip over to another game that's coming up this weekend that is not a five-star game, which is why we didn't bring it up. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is facing the Bears, who um, he owns. As uh, he's part owner of the Chicago Bears, from what he said earlier, and uh, so they asked him, "Okay, here's the rematch against Chicago. You know, again, to your point, Wolf, the bulletin board material. You know, Chicago probably doesn't like you very much right now. Uh, any regrets for saying what you said? I don't know. You can uh, you can question a whole lot of what I said. You know, we've had a good record over the years against them, and and won a lot of games in Soldier Field and at Lambeau Field. So it's been a, been a great rivalry. I'm proud to be a part of it." Uh, you know, we have uh, have gotten the better of them the last, uh, I don't know, 27, 28 times we've played them for the most part. But, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of times in, in you know situations like this, the trash talk is only able to be used if, uh, you know, if you're getting after that uh, individual that, uh, that was trash talking. So in order to trash talk, you have to have a lot of confidence in uh, what you accomplished and uh, what you're going to accomplish in the future at some point. What I said will be used against me. That's just part of it. But I have no, uh, you know, no regrets for saying what I said. And and uh, obviously, I think the the record kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> twenty seven or twenty eight times. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin on this one, Luke. All I can think of is Buddy Ryan right now. If Buddy Ryan were still coaching, if he were still alive, if he were still coaching in the National Football League, Buddy Ryan. I, Buddy Ryan was a guy that, uh, you know, back in my day, of course, you had bounties. Everybody had a bounty out there. Um, you just didn't, you just didn't mandate it from the organizational top all the way down like some teams did. Um, but Buddy Ryan, I will tell you right now, are you kidding me? He, he would take out Aaron Rodgers at some point in time. I'll pay your $10,000 fine. Take him out. Period. I hit him late. Who cares? It's a 15-yard penalty 15 yards on and you're the, the field. Bears. And you know what? We're going to take you out just for saying that. That's number one. That was a different era, ladies and gentlemen. It was a different time. It was a different era in the National Football League. Isn't that right, Lawrence Taylor? Don't get me started there. But having said that, the other thing I take away from Aaron and what he said is the fact that, you know, the last 27, 28 times they he's owned the Bears. Well, he's got a 22-5 and five record. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's not really that <laughs> 22 far off. And five. He's really not that crazy by saying, we've I own <laughs> you. absurd. 22-5 against the Bears. Oh, my goodness. So he's got a point. That's right in that zone, too, where if you're a Bears fan, you, 
you don't even really feel good about being. It's not twenty seven in a row. You're only twenty two and five against us. Like, that almost makes it <laughs> right. Worse. Exactly, that does make it worse right there. But you know what? There's going to be some type of retribution for that. You think? Oh yeah. I, I don't know. There's got to be something there, isn't that right, Aaron? I, I think Aaron's going to be fine. We'll see. I, I don't know. <laughs> the Bears just kind of seem like they have. Not that they've given up on the season. I mean, everybody's still in it in the NFC except like Seattle and uh, Detroit. But they just that team. We just saw them. They just kind of look lost. Stuff like that you'd never hear. You would never hear that ten years ago. No, just not from a, ten years not from a ago. Quarterback. You'd never hear that. Isn't that interesting? And now, yeah, you hear it. Heck yeah, he's doubling down on it. It is Aaron Rodgers. Coming up, we'll go through the latest in sports. Wolfing Down Your Lunch is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.